0: Now to the latest internet sensation. Nine. We are... YOLO!
1: Eight. Can I say hi? Hi!
2: Seven. I think we need to stick to a
3: plan.
1: I've got in by bullet.
2: I don't even think I have to react to that one. This is Triple M's Summer Breakfast. With Seb Costello and
4: Lawrence Marty. Triple M. You, my good friend, Seb Costello. You would be uh, called your second reference if you're in the Herald Sun today, or being reported on National Nine News would be good Samaritan. Seb Costello stopped to help another fellow Melburnian on your way to work.
1: Well, today. I don't think I'm so much the good Samaritan, but sometimes people just impress you. I'm driving into our studios in South Melbourne and coming up Park Street to Coventry Street, so I've turned off Kingsway, mm-hmm. and there, in the middle of the tram line, is a body. So I'm thinking, goodness, you know, nobody else is around. So whatever's happened has just happened. Yep. Has this person been injured? Have they been attacked? What's going on? So I pull over and around the same time, another guy who works at the chicken shop around the corner and a young man who was on a bicycle, we all sort of pull up together. He instantly puts his bicycle on one end of the tram tracks to stop the oncoming tram from collecting this body. Mm. And we wander up to it and it becomes apparent Pretty early on that this guy, first of all, is alive. Good. Thank, thank goodness. Um, second of all, for whatever reason, he's not in a particularly well way. He's moving his head, but he's not really acknowledging the words that are being said to him. Mm. Anyway, this guy on a bike who, young English fella, I think he must have been a personal trainer because he had a bag on his back, like a duffel bag of you know exercise equipment, flotation devices, like he was a lifeguard or something. And he sits down and begins trying to talk to this guy. Who's completely non-responsive. And he's saying, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? What did you do last night? And I'm sort of watching this unfold, feeling like the proverbial spare, you know what, at the wedding. But, you know, if I am needed, I'm there. But
4: you've stopped and you're bearing witness and you are, yeah, you're offering your assistance.
1: Ten minutes down. Another tram comes along. Mm. Tram driver gets out. He sort of talks to us and says, look, mate, I'm going to have to get the service. Is there anything you can do? So it becomes apparent we're going to have to move this guy somehow. Uh, Police have been called, by the way. Um, Chicken shop guy took care of that. Anyway, so Johnny keeps, who's the English guy, keeps negotiating, negotiating, negotiating. And in a period of about 15 to 20 minutes, gets this guy from a point where he wasn't even acknowledging that we were there to a point where he rolls over stands and through the trust that he had for Johnny in that time that Johnny had built up, he Mm. walks him over to the side of the road onto a park bench. And by the time police arrived, I decided I better go and talk to you. Right. But every now and then, you know, everyday people just impress you. This guy, Johnny would have been 20, 21. And yeah, the way he was able to talk that guy out of a pretty serious situation. And clearly the guy wasn't in a good place regardless of, you know, the tram coming. Yeah. It was, Really impressive.
4: Yeah, it's a dangerous place to decide to lie down. So mm. the uh, the personal trainer, the chicken chop guy and the journalist. It yeah. sounds like a <laughs> it's a good premise for a movie. It sounds like a road trip about to start.
1: Some great news coming in from Pipeline Lawrence Mooney. We Absolutely. understand that Mick Fanning has won his latest contest at the Billabong Pipeline Masters as he heads for a potential fourth World Surfing League title. And in the background of what's happening in his personal life, mm. that's awesome.
4: Yes, they were pretty exultant when he was emerging from the water and they were saying that Mick Fanning is keeping the dream alive of winning a potential fourth title, as you've just said, Seb, so good on him.
1: And he's come down the barrel, he's in the yellow uh, rash vest, not unlike the t-shirt I'm wearing this morning, Lawrence Mooney, and he's given it a bit of a fist pump as he's come out.
4: Yes, he was looking at the heavens yesterday, but uh, today was a bit more contained, a bit more solid.
1: Can I just throw in two? I know we've uh, got a little bit of Ed McIntyre to get to, but as we just sign off on the world of sport, Mm. reports this morning Jose Mourinho has been sacked. Just seven
4: months after winning the title. Uh, They won the league last year or at the beginning of this year and uh, now he is gone.
1: And the replacement is a name that is very familiar to us. According to The Sun, the highest-selling tabloid in the UK, Hussidink is set to replace Jose Mourinho at Chelsea.
4: The man that took us very close to having a tilt at the World Cup. Uh,
1: 2006. The man 2006. that's got us back yeah. into the World Cup finals after 30 years in the wilderness.
4: Well, we'd all be behind him as a nation, wouldn't we? But Chelsea is one of the top four. Who do you go for in the EPL?
1: Blackburn, but I don't think they're in the Blackburn. EPL anymore. Black- I think Black they're Rovers. in the championship. That's because, right. you know, Mama and Papa Costello spent decades and decades out there on Main Street. Blackburn in our version of it, so right. I thought I'd pick up the Rovers <laughs> as a
4: soccer team. Yeah, I'm an evident man myself, but um, I love Jose Mourinho. I think he's good for the game, and so uh, it's pretty cutthroat when you can win a league and then have the rug pulled on you seven months later.
1: Over at Pipeline, though, this is really the story of the day. There's a lot of emotion. As we speak, Mick Fanning has just won his quarterfinal. He's beaten Kelly Slater, and his dream of a fourth World Surfing League title is still alive. He's just come out of the water.
3: That was just a gift, and pretty much all your hard work comes down to that one wave at Backdoor. Tell us about paddling into that wave and getting onto your feet and making it happen.
2: Yeah, it was. you know, I, I just felt the sun come out, and you know, usually when the sun comes out, a wave comes, and I just... You know, it's one of those things. It's like you got to sit there and you, you train so much for moments like those, and um, you just got to be composed. You know, if you freak out, then you'll probably fall. So you just got to try and stay relaxed. And um, yeah, just got lucky that it actually opened up
3: and I, I don't get what it is this energy on the beach I mean even Gabriel Medina in his post interview was just saying that you know it's just you deserve it so much and can you just feel you know this whole journey that you've been on throughout the year kind of coming to fruition today I mean today is the day that it's all going to go down
2: yeah um, look the, the energy's been amazing and um, you know I'm um, you know, walking down, and you know, almost in tears every time I'm paddling out, and even out in the water, you know, just going through waves of emotion. But um, look, it's it's um, you know, a friend told me once that you know we can deal with anything, and um, you just got to just got to you know do it the best you can, and 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 stay true to yourself, and um, yeah, things will happen.
1: Thanks, you, Ronnie. Oh, he is unbelievable. And you can hear the emotion of the reporter there too. Mm. We can get through anything. Well, sure, Mick Fanning, you've had a lot to get through and we just could not respect you more for that.
4: No, and uh, like I said, a lot of emotion there. And the the reporter, the South African reporter, couldn't keep it together at the end um, because he seems to be bearing up incredibly well, doesn't he? And uh, and you, your heart kind of goes out to him. Very much so. I don't want to get choked up. It's too early in the morning.
1: Nah, but he is the definition of inspiring at the moment. Well done, Mick Fanning. we going to be keeping you across all the developments at the Banzai Pipeline over in Hawaii, where Mick Fanning's still in the running. He's beaten Kelly Slater in a quarterfinal this morning, mm. and he still remains in the hunt for the World Surf League title along with Adrian D'Souza of Brazil.
4: And if you want to... Uh Watch the surfing. We've been through a surfing uh, score masterclass. There's five judges per wave. They give a score out of 10. Then an average uh, is taken from those five scores. And at the end of the heat, you take your two best scores and add them together and divide them by two. And that's your score.
1: (laughs) The masterclass from Lawrence Mooney. So Mick Fanning or Adriano D'Souza, it's one of those two. Have you been to Hawaii?
4: I have been to Hawaii. Waikiki Beach. Uh, So... There's, you know, Hawaii is a, an archipelago of islands. Uh, and the big one is Wahoo, where Waikiki is and Pipeline in the northern part of the beach. And uh, our own hyfe has been to Pipeline to watch the championship and... Uh, He said that it's very kind of lo-fi. There's no bleachers. There's no infrastructure. You just roll up. Locals charge you to park on their front lawns. The surfers hire the houses right on the beachfront, and they basically emerge from the houses and go through the crowd into the water. So it's got that kind of nice, relaxed feel about it.
1: I like the homemade car park. You remember, I don't know if it still does, but it used to go on at the Melbourne show. Mm. The locals out there in Ascot Vale would charge you ten bucks to park in their driveway for a day.
4: Yes, I do remember, and I remember it used to happen out at Wheeler's Hill too, uh, when the VFL park car park would get full on Gels Road. There, people would you know open up their front lawns.
1: Very nice. That's the way community. I was involved in a very controversial brawl at junior football at Wheeler's Hill. Really. An opponent. And to this day, I won't give anybody up. But <laughs> were
4: you were involved? Did you, were you the well, victim? Did you spark the no. controversy? Well,
1: I was on the side of the major agitator. Mm-hmm. All I can tell you, and I don't mean to make light of this because this is quite a serious ailment, but a opponent of ours was found lying in the Gold Square and later taken to hospital with testicular bruising. Mm. it was understood that a squirrel grip was responsible for this right but who laid the grip at the bottom of that pack right. remains a mystery to this day
4: it's like the uh the the, the shooter on the grassy knoll
1: well it turned out who a bit laid like, the
4: squirrel grip it
1: turned a bit out a bit like breaker morant in that six people got hauled in front of the coach as potential squirrel grippers mm. and not one of them gave each other up so all six were suspended wow. over the
4: squirrel grip so I guess uh, if a DNA sample was taken, they could go back and find <laughs> the the actual squirrel gripper.
1: If you could match the fingerprints mm. to the actual lolly bag, what? maybe
4: yes, you could. <laughs> what league are we talking? Uh, junior football? No, league. it was
1: junior. It was school school football. Right, school football. Yeah, Corfield Grammar have a campus out that way. Wow. Well. So yeah, it was uh, the Battle of well, Wheeler's
4: Hill. Well, a, a squirrel grip is is one thing, but it's always better than a hopawatte. <laughs> <laughs> He's checking your lists. He's checking it twice. Um, so, what do you want for Christmas, Seb Costello?
1: A very good question. A new pair of shiny black shoes.
4: Really? Yeah. Patent leather, or
1: yeah, probably. It depends how much I can squeeze out of the family unit for said pair of shoes, but mm-hmm. that's probably on the top of the list.
4: Well, the patent leather are to be worn with a dinner suit, and uh, then you've got to step down from that. But are they, they for your day-to-day reporting duties or um, for stepping no, something out, something
1: a little bit, a little bit flashier. Oh, nice. Yeah, something to get the old heel and toe going on the dance floors around Melbourne.
4: Um, I, uh, I, I haven't got many requests this year. I've got to say. Uh, I, I, I vaguely alluded to a rowing machine, so I, I don't know whether that's coming on, following on from Malcolm Turnbull's inspiration and, of course, before him, Frank Underwood, so I wouldn't mind getting on the rowing machine. No,
1: I thought it's sort of you are trying to get to the place where the bronze medalist was at the Olympics back in London. <laughs>
4: that's right. Fair yeah, enough. to assist my lovemaking. Um, well, that is important considering what your daughter asked for Yes, my baby daughter, Maggie, uh, three years old, said uh, – my wife Lou was asking what she'd like for Christmas And she said I'd like mummy to put her baby in her tummy for Christmas uh, And I reported that on the show early last week And I can say Because um, uh, <laughs> basically it's become an update on my bedroom activities Hasn't it? Whether whether there's a baby in mum's have tummy or not Have the
1: elves been working on making the present for Maggie?
4: That's a very good way of putting it The elves have been very busy in the no- in the north pole it's an unusual, It all sounds bad.
1: Unusual bedroom you have Lawrence shelves the in there. Look, I'd like to only- invoice yep.
4: uh, in- introduce another voice here. It's our reluctant producer yes. Sarah Fayol. Hi. Morning. Hi Sarah. morning. Now, uh you say some pearls off air and I go, right, come on get on the microphone and you, you are reluctant, but you said Mm. as a child, there was something that you wished for. Yes. And what a beautiful thing to wish for too.
1: It's the season of giving where families impart the things that children want the most. mm.
5: Indeed. And, you know, instead of dreaming for a big, shiny red bike, when I was growing up, I used to wish that my parents would get a divorce.
4: (laughs) Did you you put that in a letter to Santa?
5: Um, no, but I was very verbal about it. Oh, right. Um, and guys, my wish came true. (laughs) So, Merry Christmas, little Sarah.
4: Merry
1: Christmas. (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the only one with unusual requests, though. On Mm -hmm. America's Funniest Home Videos, this kid, I think, definitely enters the category of a strange Christmas request.
3: So, Carter, what do you want for Christmas? Just
6: cough drops.
3: Just cough drops? drops? What about some toys? (laughs)
4: Yeah! <laughs> he doesn't want toys. He just wants coif ups. <laughs> which he sounds a little bit Mark Wahlberg, doesn't he? He must be from Boston.
1: There's a little coiffed bit of that, drops. isn't
4: there? Uh, some friends of ours, their daughter Greta, uh, was asked to make her Christmas list just the other night. And she put on it, she wants Santa to bring her white bread because she's sick of the bread that mum gives her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very low maintenance request. Isn't it? I l- that's the
1: beautiful thing, isn't it? The Done. kids don't conceptualise what is difficult to acquire and what is easy to acquire. So, you know, if you were mum and dad of Carter over there in the United Mm. States, it's a very affordable way to get rid of Christmas. Yeah,
5: it's also very easy to separate the realists from the dreamers in life. If you're dreaming big... You know
4: what I mean? Yeah. And also the Or you just want white bread. The kid might have a sore throat. (laughs) Yeah, might Well, there could be that. You might (laughs) want to attend to that. There's other
1: issues there, isn't there? (laughs) One triple three five three. We want you to be involved in this. What weird Christmas requests have you received from kids in the family, or was it you when you were a little
4: one asking for something a little bit different, like Sarah did?
1: Mm. What did you ask for again?
3: For my parents to get divorced yeah. In
4: 1977 I was 12 years old And uh, I requested a, a slug gun Some friends had slug guns They shot birds I wanted to put some birds to death as well And I asked and asked and asked And my parents <laughs> said No you're not getting a gun You'll shoot one of your brothers And uh, in re- on reflection They were so right <laughs> I got a yeah. Scalatrix set instead of a gun And I'm glad they didn't arm me
1: Big Bash is back. We're going to talk to Freddie Flintoff a bit later. Did you sit down and watch it last night? I didn't
4: watch any of it last night, but uh, it, was, it was a local derby in Sydney. Up
1: in Sydney, yes. The Thunder and the Sixers, and the mm. Thunder won by 36 runs.
4: And it was the first time that they beat the Sixers in Sydney, so they've overcome their derby hoodoo. But uh, no, I was uh, I was out last night doing, you know. Glad handling, uh, friends and relatives for Christmas. Oh yeah, mm. you
1: were, no, weren't you working the corporate ladder of Australia speaking to no. one of our largest insurance groups?
4: No, that was the night before, um... Uh, but I don't want to bore you with the details there. No, last night it was more Christmas. I'll tell you what, the Christmas socialising is just wearing me out. <laughs> it's a, just a marathon. By the time you get to Christmas Day, you just fall over.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Press well, the ribbon. Thunder batted first. They made four for 158 off their 20 overs. Sixers went in. It didn't go so well for them. They went mm. for naught for 28 to fall to 8 for 80. Finally all out for 122. And as you say, the Thunder's first victory against the Sixers in eight matches, Mike H. Hussey, pretty happy Ooh. to finally bring up the win. We don't have Mike Hussey. He we'll... scored
4: uh, 80 runs, didn't he? he Mike did. Hussey did very well indeed. He's a good man to have in the trenches beside you. I
1: like the way they're doing it too in the Big Bash League. They've uh, you know, they got some of the players mic'd up behind the stumps. We had Brad Haddon last night who was sort of a mm. fourth or fifth commentator, depending on how many they've got in the box. And you know, he would be kind of talking about the fielding positions and directing his players in the middle of play. It was quite good.
4: And just watching the crowd last night um, on the news, it's really started to get a strong following, the BBL. Um, people are out there in their colours and livery and really getting behind their team. So it's going to be a big summer for them.
1: I have it on reasonable authority that at the moment, projections for the big bash match, mm. particularly between the Renegades and the Stars at the MCG in early January, is going to outdo. The first test. Maybe not Boxing Day, but certainly days two or three.
4: Well, you know, the test series has lost a little bit of interest because the Windies are uh, club standard. And uh, I'm really quite excited about the BBL and the WBBL too. Yes. And uh, I only ever watch the cricket when I'm wearing my Danny Wyatt Renegades top.
1: Yeah, well, that, I'm uh, more of a Meg Lanning supporter the Melbourne <laughs> Stars, as you know. But the Melbourne Stars male version gets their campaign underway against the strikers at the Adelaide Oval this evening. So we we'll look forward to that. Usman Khawaja, again, remains a talking point. What happens with him when uh, when the team has to be selected for Boxing Day? He needs to obviously get that hamstring right after that pushed him out of the side. And, well, he seems pretty keen that he will be back.
2: I really wanted to play this game, but um, a few people at the top thought it probably a little bit early, pretty good to get a couple more days rest. So, you know, I'm ready to go on Sunday, actually.
4: They're going to uh, subject Usman Khawaja to a very intense fitness test, and uh, they said they're going to try and break him, as it were, to make sure that that hamstring is ready to go. So he'll be going through uh, something similar to what... Clarkie went through before the Ashes series.
1: We're going to be moving back to Pipeline a bit later in the program. Catch up with Ange Cox from the Seven Network who was on the beach over there. But if you are just waking up to it, Mick Fanning through to the semis of the Pipeline Masters after defeating Kelly Slater in the quarterfinal. Here's how it goes down. It's either him or Adriano Souza of Brazil in the running for the World Surfing League Championship. Mick doesn't necessarily have to win this event at Pipeline to take the title, but obviously it guarantees the title with a win on the Pipeline.
4: I have been to Brazil and uh, you go to Copacabana Beach or any of the beaches there outside Rio and uh, there's guys surfing and when they find out you're from Australia... There's a worship of Australians. Uh, They love Australian surfers. They love Australian surf gear. They're all decked out in Billabong and Quicksilver. It's uh, it's quite nice That's to you know right. ride on their coattails because I'm a rubbish surfer. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you given it a crack? I have given it a crack. It's something that I have been unable to pull off.
1: You're wearing a surfing t-shirt. Yes. U.S. International Surfing Contest.
4: Well, we went through this before m- that I'm a pretend surfer. <laughs> yeah, I know. As so a we kid, we had that face. Yeah, 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 I had that face. Do you have so any still... photos
1: with the sort of longer hair grown out? Yeah, I I probably do. We will need to get that on the Twitter. Here's a bit of McFanning after he made his way through to the next round of the bun. Pipeline masters.
2: It's one of those things. It's like you got to sit there and you, you train so much for moments like those, and um, you just got to be composed. You know, if you freak out, then you'll probably fall. So you just got to try and stay relaxed. And um, yeah, just got lucky that it actually opened up.
1: Right, I'm Mick Fanning. Again, the background, of course, being the passing of his brother, 43-year-old Peter. Back on the Gold Coast, so a million things running through his head, and yet he's mm. still able to go out there and compete at the highest level.
4: An extraordinary story, and uh, also the competition at Pipe has been amazing. You know, it's taken its toll as well. So, it's a uh, it's a dangerous break to surf and uh, mix out there, just carving it up. What are you doing? You're hitting the bay today. Hot in the city. Uh...
1: Good question. I wouldn't mind, actually. Those
4: bay beaches will be full, so if you're out there, make sure you slip, slop, slap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the true tradition, though, of television news, of which I am a part, Lawrence, the Mm. expression is "Melburnians flocked to bayside beaches.
4: (laughs) That's right. As the
1: mercury sizzled to a top of 37. Mm.
4: And if Richmond ever win a game, they they roared to the lead late in the final quarter.
1: The Tigers bared their teeth (laughs) under great pressure.
4: And clawed their way back. I love... (laughs) Uh, Lawrence
1: I, Mooney, Nine News. I
4: love uh, news cliches. They're great.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's not forget Dawn revealed the extent of the damage. <laughs> it always does.
4: That's right. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. We should put a list together.
1: An emergency situation mm. on a normally quiet suburban street.
4: <laughs> Do they have a school where you have to learn all this stuff? Is it on a whiteboard?
1: Absolutely. If you've got a favourite, feel free to give us a call, 13353 <laughs> or on Twitter at MMMHotBreakfast, your mm. favourite news cliches.
4: Every parent's worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> the story no parent can afford to miss.
4: <laughs> but that's more current affair, I'm, well, I'm thinking. it's
1: a little bit of their space. Yeah, I wouldn't want to encroach... On that sort of area. So
4: I just want you to laden the next little bit with news cliches, please. So what have we got?
1: (laughs) Well, this is going to be difficult. Um, They're some of the biggest names in world sport. (laughs) Steph Curry and LeBron James could be heading down under as part of a future tour.
4: And the NBA's popularity has certainly bounced back. (laughs) It's a full court squeeze (laughs) as they head down under.
1: On the hip pocket of Basketball Australia. Now, but looking, in all seriousness, this... Could be exciting if it happens, and there's a fair bit of water to go under the bridge first before we get there, but essentially the head of Basketball Australia, Anthony Moore, wants to try and lock in a friendly matchup between the Boomers and the USA Dream Team in the lead up to the 2019 FIBA World Cup in China.
4: So we're talking about a globe trotters type um, tour where they've got the best possible team and they're just going to run all over us so the
1: headline has people like Steph Curry and LeBron James in there the reality of it is you'd have to lock them in first and those sort of players don't always play for the national team particularly in a friendly you know they're probably more likely to save their powder or keep it dry for the Olympics but if they were to come that'd be fantastic
4: it would certainly fill a stadium and basketball is is re-emerging in this country you know it's uh our, our own NBL League is, is going off now, and it's a summer competition that's going blockbuster. So
1: Indeed. Let's get back to news cliches, though. At Albert Park, morning, Tom. G'day. Have you got a news cliché to you throw into the discussion?
5: Yeah, mate. Uh, every time there's a crime report and that I want to mention the individual's name, police are assisting with... Uh a person assisting
1: with inquiries. Yes, that's mm. a good one, Tom. That's not so much the reporter's fault either. That's, uh, you know, the, uh, the the police obviously having to be pretty careful about what they say and not prejudicing a trial. To Lindsay at Werribee, have you got a nice <laughs> little cliche for us, Linz? We got one. It's the, uh, uh, the jockey is in a stable condition. <laughs> that's a bit of a pun.
4: That's a nice yeah. pun there, Linz. Thank you very much. So uh, we are taking your... News cliche calls. 133353.
1: <laughs> We're getting a few yep. tweets in for our news cliches from Adrian and Marty. They've both nominated that every time an Aussie loses a tennis match, they haven't lost a tennis match. They've, in fact, been bundled
4: out. Bundled out of the tournament.
1: Out of the Australian Open. Yes. It's a good one, isn't it? I do like it. Let's talk about the round ball game because in July of next year, Europe's best footballers are back in Australia. The International Champions Cup will be launched. Triple M is right behind this one and this year, Juventus, the giants of Italian football, will be going alongside Tottenham Hotspur in the Melbourne victory and to talk more about it is the man that knows everything about football or soccer, whatever you call it, in this town. From the Herald Sun, he is their lead football writer and his name is David Davidovic. Good morning. Good morning, boys. Mate, thanks for joining us. First of all, is there a soccer cliche that gets your goat as a man who covers the game around the globe?
5: Oh, look, there's a couple of uh, local favorites, you know, the one week at a time, which <laughs> can apply to, uh, to all sports. Kevin um,
1: Muskett doesn't mind a bit of one week at a time.
5: Very much so, particularly off the back of uh, three losses now. Uh,
7: <laughs>
5: that's football. Uh, that's another uh, yep. another favourite. Yeah, one that's probably more uh, you hear more abroad is uh, the ball is round.
4: <laughs> so, and uh, what is yeah. that e- exactly referring to, David? When they say the ball is round,
5: I'm not really really sure, Lawrence. Right. But uh, I guess it's uh, it it'd usually be used by the uh, the favourites, you know, when. Uh, right. You know, they're fronting the press pack and uh, the, the, the journos are basically saying, look, you should win this game. You're the favourites. And, uh, oh, you I know, see. the coach, the captain or whatever will, uh, will uh, retort with the ball round, implying that anything could happen. There mm,
1: you yep. go. Well, mate, I ran into you down at the Melbourne Cricket Ground yesterday and I had a feeling at that point that maybe you had a sniff as to how this tournament was going to come together. Tell us about it. We had it last year, the ICC. It's back. Who's coming?
5: All right, so the uh, two big teams coming from Europe are Juventus, the uh, Italian Giants, and then Tottenham uh, Hotspur from the English Premier League. So um, there are uh, two at the moment. There will be a third uh, European team confirmed uh, within the next couple of months. But uh, the other big news is the addition of the local team, Melbourne Victory. Uh, which is in line with uh, what they've done over in the US and in China, where they've added a, a few of the local teams uh, into the uh, the ICC tournament. But um, look, I, what I like about this is uh, last year I, it was it was great seeing all these megastars on the MCG, Ronaldo, uh, etc. But probably yeah. lacked a little bit of atmosphere. So what I like is that Bart Campbell and his crew have actually, you know, gone away, listened to the. Uh, the public and uh, they've brought Melbourne victory in there and I think that'll add a lot uh, in terms of uh, you know the colour and atmosphere next year and great to see a, a local team uh, rubbing shoulders with the world's best.
4: And uh, there's speculation about who that third team might be uh, so far Barcelona has been mentioned, maybe one of the big Spanish clubs how many teams all up in the competition, the International Champions Cup?
5: Yeah, so there'll be four, um, last year there was three, it was uh, Real Madrid Manchester City and Roma Mm. Um, this year there'll be four, but the way it'll work is that uh, Juventus and uh, uh, Juventus and Tottenham will play two apiece, uh, Melbourne Victory will play one, and then the final team, uh, TBC, uh, which is likely to be from Spain, Lawrence, but not sure it'll be Barcelona. I think it might be one of the uh, the other clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's still uh, speculation. Obviously, uh, yeah, they'll play one game also. Um, yeah, so uh, same number of games as last year, all at the MCG. Um, these two teams, Juventus and Tottenham, probably don't have the, uh, the star billing that uh, Real Madrid and, uh, and, and Manchester City had, Real Madrid in particular, but they've got very good supporter bases here and I've got no doubt they'll go close to uh, uh, packing the MCG I'm in sure. uh, July next year.
1: We're talking to David Divertovich from the Herald Sun with the announcement that Juventus and Tottenham Hotspur are on their way to Melbourne as part of the International Champions Cup next year. The Tottenham Hotspur fans... What are they like? Are they going to b- bring a bit of atmosphere to the MCG?
5: Well, that's the uh, that's the beauty of uh, being a Tottenham fan. You just never know what to expect. Uh, that club uh, has has promised so much over the years. They've got so much potential, but uh, you know they're, they're really exciting to watch. When I was over there for a few years, I used to go to White Hart Lane, one of my uh, favourite places mm. to go. Always entertaining. But um, the good news is that, and they've got a very young, exciting team, uh, headlined by. English striker Harry Kane, who's uh, you know the hottest uh, young property in the English Premier League, he will be coming um, as nice. well as all the players going over to the uh, Euro 2016 uh, tournament. Um, they're, they're contractually obliged to come. There's uh, enough of a gap between that tournament and the ICC, so uh, Harry Kane, uh, Paul Pogba, who's uh, you know probably. He'll probably be the most expensive uh, player in world football in, in coming years with uh, clubs offering about €80 million Euros, uh, for as a transfer fee. So there's some, uh, some heavy hitters coming to the MCG, boys.
1: Merry Christmas indeed. Tickets on sale the 21st of December. David Davutovic from the Herald Sun. Thanks for joining us. Good on you, boys. We got any Tottenham fans listening. I understand that they're fairly good singers, some of the Tottenham fans. I'd love someone to give us a verse or two <laughs> of some of the finest Tottenham chants.
4: Mm, keep it clean.
1: It's <laughs> a good point. Keep that dump button close. I'm phoneless.
4: Well, you can't be in this day and age. Mm, it nah. is your office. It's, it's your it's the it's the hub. Your email—it's gone to the big iCloud in the sky. And you don't even actually use the phone much anymore, do you? It's just text and email. But how are they going to contact you? You're a man on the ground. Uh, you're a—you're the boy reporter. You're a oh no. tintin for this city. Well,
1: I was. <laughs> Thank you. You can be and Captain, Captain Haddock. Haddock.
4: <laughs> so, well, I was using it yesterday. I am Captain Haddock. Well, that's right. You don't ah, drink blue quite particles.
1: as much. Yeah, mm. um, and I was using it yesterday, and the screen. Um, was having a bit of a, a, a spasm, so it would like automatically open apps and close apps, and oh, right. you know when it
4: does that, you know that its little brain is about to fritz right out.
1: Mm, and I thought to myself, you know, being the IT professional that I am, the way to fix this will be to belted against the dashboard mm. of my car. Who
4: do you think you are? Fonzie. Just to <laughs> yeah. give it a little thump.
1: Jukebox style. And so I did that. And then unfortunately, all the apps went from my phone and it started looking a bit like a Jackson Pollock with just color lines yeah, going up and down. So it's You do gone. realize
4: that um, banging as an engineering procedure only works with <laughs> mechanical things generally. <laughs> Uh, where where <laughs> lubricant won't work, you you bang it to loosen something up. It doesn't work with electronics so much, mm,
1: as I have discovered.
4: You know how what you do with electronics. What switch it off, switch it back on again mm. fixes everything.
1: Well, I did that a few times, and it was still spasming.
4: I did notice that for a, a man who's you know um, cutting edge at, at abreast of what's going on in the world, you did have what looked like an older phone though.
1: Yeah, it's Had 5C, you, so a few generations mm, of
4: iPhone ago. Yeah, so you'd let your your uh, your contract run out <laughs> and you're fishing around for, or were you That's running off credit? No, you, well, uh, no, look, the, it technically
1: belongs to my employer, that right. handset. Okay. Hang on, I probably sh-
4: That's why you've smashed it on the dashboard <laughs> oh, of a, no. a crew car.
1: Let's get to a, I shouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> The last time I saw the seven U.S. correspondent, Angela Cox, we were both standing in the car park of Levi Stadium awaiting Jared Haynes' first game in the NFL. She joins us now on a far more serious story that's taken on a lot of significance given the passing of Peter Fanning, Mick Fanning's brother. She's in Pipeline in Hawaii where motion must be running high on that beach.
3: Oh, it sure is. Um, obviously, yesterday it was a really difficult day for everyone down here. And still today, emotions are running high. I mean, nothing about this contest for Mick Fanning has been easy. Obviously, he's chasing his fourth world title, but he's surfing with a heavy heart. But he's got such a strong group of friends. He calls them his family, the other surfers on the tour here. And they certainly have been rallying around, um, supporting him, His mum is obviously here. She was down on the beach yesterday when he came in after those amazing heats, and she's here again today. Also, his wife has flown in from the Gold Coast. She arrived this morning. Everyone here trying to help him get through. You would have seen that beautiful um, Instagram post he posted last night just talking about how he's basically got the strength to finish the event because he knows it's what Peter, his older brother, would have wanted. Uh, Apparently, they met up just recently and said that... um, you know, how much he admired and loved watching him compete. So um, that's why he's out there doing it. But he, he, he's been tough today his quarterfinal was against Kelly Slater. I mean, it doesn't mm. get much tougher than that, 11-time world champion. It's kind of edgy seat sort of stuff, but he came through with the good. It was great to see.
4: And there looks like there's a large Australian contingent on the beach pipeline. Have they become more vocal in the last 24 hours?
3: Um, yeah, um, huge Aussies down here. Obviously, everyone's here supporting him to begin with, um, wanting to be able to get that world title. But as the news trickled through about what Mick's gone through, um, that support has just grown. Everyone, you know, he's had such a big year. So, shark attack, everything that's happened, um, everyone just wants him to bring it home. But whether he wins the title or not, I think in the hearts of all of his fans here, he's already a hero the way he's handled this. Just took so much kicker and heart the way he went out there yesterday. Um, you know, he was impressive, Under normal circumstances, he took on and beat the masters of Pipeline and to go and do it under the conditions. Just incredible. I think a lot of people have a lot of time for Mick Fanning over here on this beach and no doubt in Australia as well.
1: Oh, it's absolutely inspiring. It is the embodiment of inspiring at the moment, Mick Fanning. Angela Cox, the Channel 7 US correspondent, thanks for joining us from the beach at Pipeline. And, you know, if he was to do it, those scenes would be incredible. But we'll watch your report tonight. Thanks, guys. One noise means one segment and the hyphen has brought it to us. It is Clown of the Week time, One triple three five three. if you have some nominations. Twitter, at Hot Breakfast, and here to conduct the ceremony, Adam Rosenbachs, a very good Friday morning to you. Uh, boys, it's great to be here, and it's been a busy week. A lot of clownage. A lot of clownage going
8: on. First off, I'm going to kick it off with this heat. Mmm i don't i don't, I don't like the heat and, and it's a heat wave which means my testicles are going to be stuck to my legs for three days in a row
4: <laughs> well, it's a nice visual
8: it's it's not great <laughs> and if they could harness that power in velcro the sticking power of the of the testicle to the leg <laughs>
4: right that's that particular skin on skin feel mm. um, of course it wouldn't have that same velcro delicious sound when you rip it apart. It doesn't have the same sound. It's unfortunate. So into the big top goes the climate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the climate.
8: Followed by the MCG fence. Around the MCG, they're building up a fence. and I Look, I'm assuming it's to keep people out so they don't have to see Australia play the West Indies again Mm. Mm. after that absolute debacle that we saw down uh, in Tasmania. That's disgusting. And I don't think we need a fence around there. Although it would be good during September to keep the Richmond fans in when they realise that the game's over. That they're losing another final and they've got to stay in and stick around for the whole As some ground. kind
4: of detention centre for Richmond supporters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't forget, that be a lot of fun? Forget Nauru and Christmas Island. We've just got uh, a fence around the MCG. I think uh, it's just another checkpoint. I said yesterday, and I don't think it's an exaggeration. Another checkpoint. The terrorists are winning.
8: It's not great. Oh, I want to, sticking with the football theme, I want to I clown Hawthorne. Ooh, for being unsure that Luke Hodge could be their captain. Now, when that guy kicked a left foot banana from the left pocket mm. in, the, uh, in, the, in the pocket during the grand final, you've got to say, this, is our, this man is our leader. He's taken us to three premierships in a row. Even if he retires, I'd keep him captain.
4: Absolutely. Heart and soul of the club. Pure fabric. He's uh, a Hawthorne man. Sure, he drink drives, but who doesn't? Uh, we'll no. give a crack. Bunt That's right a wrong. end
1: is an amazing moment. I've got one. And it's you, Lawrence Mooney.
4: Oh, hello. I've been
1: in this radio caper for a little while. <laughs> Never before has somebody, royce hearted, in the studio as you did this week.
4: I was, I was showing you an exercise <laughs> manoeuvre. Uh, I was engaging my core.
1: Whatever excuses you want to come up with, ultimately there was particles that moved out of your rear end into my breathing hello.
8: space. Disgusting. And I actually, I actually found uh, there's a, a, a comedy show called the Alan Partridge Show, which I think kind of, I think sums up what happened to you, Lawrence
9: i have a confession to make when i raised my legs then something happened which was unplanned (laughs) i released an unexpected but potent gust I'd like to apologise in advance if it registers because it is out there.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not convinced it was accidental. I reckon it was, oh, all, oh, it, was oh. it
4: was like shot firing a shot across <laughs> your back. <belt. laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was alpha type <laughs> kind Oregon of gorilla behaviour? <laughs> yeah, you just thought, you're marking I am territory. the territory. this is the tree. Exactly wow. right. I'm, I'm just a... one one step short of, you know, throwing <laughs> some poo at you. It's like, wow. No, mate, you're not a I'm... senator
1: for the Australian <laughs>
4: motoring party. No, you haven't gone that far. I've got a couple of clowns. First
1: of all, hyphen, clown, you for selling the same product, painkiller, for different specific ailments despite not changing the recipe at all. Mm -hmm. You know
8: what I wanted to see was uh, like Nurofen for I've just walked into a tow bar. Yeah. Just that specific Mm -hmm. incident.
4: It doesn't know where the pain is. (laughs) Yeah. But we've all known that for a while. It just deadens your central nervous system and hopefully takes out the pain that you want it to.
1: And my other clown hyphen is the uh, state public service. Particularly the person who thought it would be a good idea to take Rudolph, the reindeer, Mm. off. He's not a reindeer, he's a deer. deer, It is very tempting to call him a reindeer, but to take him off Andrew out in Mansfield there and decide that the appropriate thing was not to give him to an animal shelter, but was to destroy Rudolph. Mm.
4: But he didn't really have a a, a red nose, but it doesn't sound the same if you call him Rudolph the Brown-Nosed Reindeer. No, exactly. sounds like he's just sucking up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go out to Mount Evelyn. Morning. Kim, have you got a nomination? Morning, boys. Yeah,
7: I do. Last night,
3: uh, watching the cricket, Michael Dunn dropping that sitter.
1: That was the worst drop. I think Howie called it the worst drop he'd ever seen in the history of the Big Bash League. Take us through it, Kim, because it was a high ball. I think it was Shane Watson who was batting. Went yeah. straight up in the air uh, to mid off. Get and, under it. And uh, Lum wasn't it's even yours, looking Lummi. at the ball, was he? He just went
3: straight through his hand.
1: He should have dropped that ball,
8: run off the ground, got into his car and just kept driving and mm. just left the state. That was <laughs> horrific.
1: <laughs> and they went back to that division of Steve Smith, who oh, was sitting yeah. on the bench, who looked disgust. He looked like he had just shared a studio with Lawrence Mooney yeah. and had smelled something devastating. It wasn't good. Mm. It wasn't good. I've got a couple more clowns before I get to my clown of the week. Uh, the state
8: of Victoria for not legalizing Uber. Now New South mm. Wales has taken the step. They've legalised Uber. And Uber, if you've not used it, it's fantastic. And what I love about it. It's the fact that it means that cab drivers will do anything now for work. Like I had a cab driver come over on Saturday, help me move furniture. Like they are desperate. But they <laughs> aren't work. rising
4: to the occasion. I, I don't think the cab industry is actually keeping pace with Uber. Um, and I love, got to love Uber. And the fact that it's illegal makes it feel a little bit yeah, more it's exciting. Fun, it? It's illicit. Yeah. Ooh, I'm in an Uber. Yeah. I'm a bad boy on the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, and you
8: get into cars that like your mum would drive, and it's weird that some guy who's like your mate who's driving you to the airport, you don't talk. It's really strange. Yeah,
4: it's, and it's a, an Uber raffle. You don't know what's going to turn up. No,
8: it's fun. Uh, I want to clown Ferrari. They're threatening to quit Formula One. How, how can they do that? Like, they just must be like, it's going to be morning down in Ligon Street. They're going to have to have a 21 burnout salute <laughs> if there's no Ferrari in the Grand Prix. All you those people with
4: those Ferrari flags. Caps. Caps. Red jackets. If there's them. no
8: red, what's it going to be?
4: It's yeah. Just gonna, yeah. Ferrari. Clown. <laughs>
8: And my clown of the week this week goes Ooh, to the- it's the, exciting, isn't the it? The cruise ship that pulled into Sydney that uh, was full oh, of yeah. gastro. <clears throat> the PN, oh, no. just how bad would that be just a floating port just you know i I could just imagine like a scene from the titanic with a steamy room and just someone's (laughs) hand up against the window just in desperation just going oh god Uh, uh, please please get me
4: off the boat (laughs) i'm in the middle of a tornado and i've got gastro jack jack (laughs) 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 that's not exactly romantic is it no (laughs) but you and i lawrence we have we almost shared a cruise together we almost did uh a couple of years ago, we went up to Sydney to get on board the Carnival Spirit, I think it was. It was indeed. And uh, halfway to it's... Sydney on the flight, you came to my seat and started violently shaking me and I I was kind of like a little bit asleep and I wake up and Rosie's shaking me. I looked up and said, what's wrong? And he goes, ah, I forgot my passport. I forgot my passport. And he was hyperventilating and I thought, you know, he's going to take some cutlery and head up to the cockpit <laughs> and say, turn this around. So I said to you- Yeah, very calmly and collectedly. I said, uh, just relax, mate. They'll just issue you with an interim travel document when we get there. Um, There's no such thing. Uh, (laughs) They will give you one if you've got a dead relative or some kind of an emergency overseas and you haven't got a passport. DFAT will give you an interim travel document. Or if you've lost one. But the ship isn't going to offer offer you one because you're- a knob and you've left your passport at home. So we got to the ship's office and I said, "Uh, can you get him an interim (laughs) travel document? Still trying to calm Rosa down. And they said, yeah, we'll make a call. Uh, Yeah, there's no such thing. And so it was the long walk of shame home. Long walk of shame. had to get uh, from
8: Circular Quay, my own taxi back to the airport and then another flight. So Mm. I just flew up to Sydney for 15 minutes and then came back home.
4: Wow, that must have felt very odd with this ringing in your ears. (laughs)
8: To simulate being on the boat, what I did was I grabbed a dodgy prawn on the way home and Mm. just gave myself gastro (laughs) for the flight back. That was great.
1: (laughs) There it is. The Cloud of the Week in the can for another week, Adam Rosenbachs. Thank you for coming along. Thanks, guys. Have a great Christmas. Stay cool. Happy
4: Christmas to you too, man.
1: The Big Bash is back, victory for the Thunder last night in Sydney, and a man who forms a very big part of the commentary team of the 10 Networks coverage of the Big Bash League is a legend of English cricket, and he joins us on the line now. Good morning, Freddie Flintoff.
9: Morning, fellas. You all right?
1: Uh, Doing all right, mate. Uh, Now, we will get to your performance against Australia in your career later because that's what we all remember you for. But, Mm. uh, mate, you must be looking forward to getting out there in the commentary box this year, not playing, but having a bit to say about the quality of 2020 cricket.
9: Yeah, I can't wait. I did play last year. I was shocking. Um, (laughs) But but the chance to come back and do the commentary, sit in the commentary box with Gilly and and Fleming and people, it's going to be great. We saw last night the opener. And then I'm off to Adelaide today um, to call the second game. It's going to be brilliant. The tournament, the standard, everything about it is just is just fun.
4: And an exciting addition this year is the WBBL as well.
9: Yeah, well, women's cricket in England is something which is booming. You know, the girls in England have done mm. better than the men for a period of time now. So the WBBL, oh, it's a great initiative. Give the girls a chance to play on the big stage as well. Um, and hopefully people come out and support that and watch it on TV too.
1: There is an English player by the name of Danny Wyatt who's with the Renegades. I don't know if you're familiar with her, Freddie.
9: Yeah, I was in the nets with her a couple of weeks ago when I was over
4: Mm. um,
9: at the MCG. Well, she's feisty, Danny. She's a competitor. Oh, she's
4: fantastic. Absolutely, and Danny uh, gave me a shirt, and uh, I've got a bit of a crush on Danny. But um, that's why I raised it. She
1: didn't mention Lawrence Mooney by any chance, did she? Pardon? <laughs> Long pause says all we need to know. Mate, we did want to play you this, though, because your old partner in crime, Kevin Peterson, was doing a Q&A uh, in Australia last night, and he was asked a very specific question.
5: How much did you and Freddie drink after winning the Ashes in 2005? <laughs> Mate, we drank a hell of a lot. <laughs> uh, was that the case?
9: Well yeah, because we, I we had an open top bus parade the next day. I didn't go to bed. <laughs> um I just went I just went straight through and then ended up at Ten Downing Street, the Prime Minister's house. Um in his in his cabinet room and got kicked out. That?
1: Um,
9: it was a it was a great day.
1: That's a bit much considering people that used to live at Ten Downing Street. I mean, I don't think you yeah. would have been out of place had Churchill still been in office.
9: Oh no, yeah, but it was it, it was an amazing time, you know. I think everyone got caught up in two thousand and five, beating that Australian team and was so good. And nobody expected us to, so we just enjoyed it.
4: Yeah, 2005 must have been the absolute peak of your career, but none, uh, no gr- victory greater than winning I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and staring into the eyes of Barry Hall. Was it like looking into the eyes of death?
9: Oh, for Barry it was, yeah. He just he just, <laughs> he just, he just, he just caught me on a good day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that celebrity, because it was strange because I get asked every year in England to do it and they always say no, and then I got a chance to do it. I thought, why not? Um, and although me and Barry had a bit of a, bit of a moment, yeah. uh, he's a good boy, Barry. He's, he's a pussycat, really. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mate, I remember uh, watching the TV series about you embarking on the fight career. And, of course, Barry gave it up a little bit early. I'm sure it's been proposed that you and him might put the gloves on and go oh, a few rounds. Would that ever happen?
4: No, it wouldn't, no. I mean, your, your voice went up you, an octave then, Freddie.
9: I was going to say, have you, seen, have you seen the man I fought? He was like a homeless man from America. There's, there's, there's No way on earth I would be fighting, Barry it'd, it'd be like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. It's
1: oh, fantastic. Well, mate, you'll be on our screens tonight on the 10 Network with the stars taking on Adelaide, and we'll look forward to it. Freddie Flintoff, always a good laugh.
9: Thanks very much, fellas.
1: Cheers.
4: Thank you. Cheers, Freddie. All the best. What a great guy.
1: Yeah, we like Freddie. Keeping across the goings-on in Hawaii at the moment. So Mick Fanning is out of the Billabong Pipeline Masters, but that doesn't mean he's quite out of contention for a world title. At the moment, there is a semi going on between Adriano de Souza of Brazil and Mason Ho of the United States by way of Hawaii. If D'Souza wins that, then he will be world champion. But if Ho can pull it off, then it might well put Mick Fanning right in line for a fourth World Surfing League title after everything he's gone through in the past hours. Is this the hours. last
4: round of the championship? So it certainly is. So it's now dependent on the outcome of that final semi.
1: Mm, so mm. we'll watch with interest We've been talking about the heat wave all morning too. It's 29 degrees right now, on the way to a top of 37. 41 predicted for Saturday, 35 for Sunday with the cool change coming in late on Sunday. Which throws up all sorts of issues and all sorts of things that we need to be keeping in mind. Craig Lapsley is the Emergency Services Commissioner for this great state. Good
4: morning, Craig. Good morning. Craig, uh, there's a total fire ban tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be a pretty dirty day.
0: Yeah, it's actually, um, it's really interesting. If you're living in northern Victoria, it's been 35, 36, 37 for the last few days. So they're in it. They're in this heat. Mm. Um, I think we've even noticed in Melbourne, that you know, it's up there. The winds were a bit up there yesterday. Really interesting today, tomorrow and Sunday, though. So today we've got total fire bans and severe fire danger rating for southwest Wimmera, Northern, north central and central which is Horsham, Portland, Melbourne, Castlemaine that corner of Victoria. Uh, that's driven by wind so the wind will be in this afternoon but the real message is about heat the heat is just in and it's going to be 40 degrees, uh, you know, it's well up there overnight temperatures will be in the mid 20s I think the forecast looks like at 12 o'clock on Saturday night it could be close to 30 degrees at 12 o'clock at Saturday night so it's going to be hot during the nights. Uh, that brings that whole issue of fire to the front mm. and all we need then is wind and the, the wind are forecast to be fairly strong on Saturday, so total fire bans across the whole state. Which means, what do you, what's that mean? It means you can't have a solid fuel barbecue. So a lot of people are into that end of season, end of year festivity. Um, so they need to think about what they're doing in that, in that thing. You can have a barbecue, but it's got to be uh, a barbecue that's either fuelled by gas or electric, mm. and if it is, it's got to be close to the home, but no wood, no charcoal in their barbecue. So, those sort of things people need to be really mindful of.
4: So, no fires in the open, uh, and if you're in the country, of course, you know, limited use of um, motor mowers, chainsaws, camp, angle well, grinders, you know, all that sort of stuff.
0: And, you know, I, I'll probably say this too quick, no solid fuel um, fires, no campfires, mm-hmm. um, no incinerators, no burning off, common sense, no grinders, no welders, no gas, gas cutting. So if you're, if you're out there as a tradie, you know, think about what you're doing. This is actually trying to make sure a fire doesn't start. And if a fire did start and you're the person that's got it, you're up, you're up against it because you, you've, you know, you're, you, you'll have the police on your tail, but you're also going to burn other people out. So be and really common sense about what we're doing. Uh, and the other thing is understand the heat fatigue because it's going to be damn hot.
4: And as we stand at the moment, there are no fires currently in Victoria.
0: No, we're in a good position and we've got uh, 53 aircraft ready to go. We've got uh, CFA, MFB, Parks Victoria, DELP all ready to go. So we're in a really good spot. What we need now is the community to do their bit uh, and together we'll get there and it'll be a good outcome. But it's got to be heat safety and fire safety for this weekend.
1: Just quickly before we let you go, Craig, just to clarify, are there any controlled burns going on? Because we know what happened back in grand final week when that got out of control.
0: There's no controlled burns. We're out of that period. Uh, obviously, that's that shoulder of, of that September-October period and you know, the terrible Lancefield fire, which uh, everyone's well aware of, uh, but no controlled burns. That's not where we want to be at all, and it's not the time of the year to do that.
1: Good to hear. Emergency Management Commissioner Craig Lapsley, thanks for your time. Thanks, Deb. Uber a talking point today with New South Wales making them legal. And we've been sent some vision of an Uber passenger which is pretty concerning stuff. She was riding in an Uber on Wednesday night near the Melbourne Museum when a taxi driver began abusing her from the lane to their left. If you look at the video, you can clearly see this taxi driver as he pulls over in front of the Uber blocking it in, then gets out of the car to personally abuse the woman through the window. Here's a little taste of what was captured on mobile phone footage.
6: You're yeah, you're you're.
7: You can't abuse no? me like that. You can't that. take any personal videos, you know? You can't abuse me like yes, that. Yeah. out. What are you, you doing? Personal videos? Yeah, I can because you're abusing
1: me. The victim of that taxi driver abuse joins us on the phone now, Nelly. And for those who haven't seen the video,
4: is that sound of that taxi driver spitting on you?
7: Yeah, yeah, it is.
4: So uh, what unfolded, Nelly? You get into a, an Uber and then a taxi is beside you and uh, the abuse starts. Then run us through what happens from there.
7: Um, so the only reason he would have known it was an Uber was because of the navigation system on the dashboard. Mm. Like, um, And he just started heckling out as if what you can hear. Um, so I took a photo of his car because I was like, I'm going to send this to Silver Top Taxi He can't abuse us. At first, we were just kind of joking with it, like, mm. we're like, ha-ha, you know, he has no passengers, he's probably just jealous, you know, but then he kept going, and um, then I, I realised that it would probably would have been my word against his if I had just taken a photo, so when we got to the lights, I did press record, and then that's when he got out of the car and went crazy.
4: And spat on you? Yeah. Well, that's That not... was
7: within 15 seconds, like, we hadn't even said anything back to him, like,
1: it sounds really confronting. The, the bow you sort of draw in your head, Nelly, with all the tension at the moment between taxi drivers and Uber, was that this may be some sort of you know response by the cabbie to the fact that you were using Uber. Is that how you feel it was unfolding?
7: Yeah, it was clearly some kind of vendetta he had against Uber because like, it was unprovoked, and he was very, very... like He just kept on screaming, effing... Uber drivers, Mm. you know. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I think it was just due to the nature that they really are taking a lot of their business, but for good reason. And And that's exactly why. It's it's just reaffirming why me and so many other people don't use taxis, because they're like that all the time.
4: And have you taken this any further? Have you contacted the taxi company or the police?
7: Yeah, I've contacted the police um, on the night it happened. So I was really upset when it happened, and all my friends, they said to call the police. So I was... Um, planning on pressing charges and so I gave them all the information and then they said um, that it would need to go to court if I wanted to and I was like okay if you need to um, but they said that they would argue that she's like you're not going to like this uh, but you were driving an illegal car so that's what they're going to argue right. and um, I, I was really taken aback by that because I was like I don't I don't think it matters where I am There's someone bits of your face you're not you're not going to enjoy it
1: yeah well that's right it's abusive behavior regardless of where it took place look nelly let us know if we can be of any assistance going forward thanks for giving us a call and no doubt that vision will be up on the triple m website a bit later pretty confronting stuff we'll put a call into the victorian taxi directorate as well that's nelly there who was the victim of abuse from a taxi driver as she traveled near the melbourne museum on wednesday night we understand that Adriano De Souza has won the World Surf League title for 2015, but I don't think anybody has lost an inch of respect for Mick Fanning.
4: No, there was plenty of Brazilian flags in the drink and De Souza <laughs> pulled down uh, his final surf.
1: Still uh, inspiring, the effort he just put in, but yes, ultimately Mick Fanning falling short of a f- fourth World Surfing League title, but he has bigger things to concentrate on at the moment. Let's talk music. From the
6: cherry bar, good morning James Young. Oh good morning, Seb. Lawrence, great to be here. Of course, it's Friday the eighteenth of December. It's the last Friday before Christmas. Mm. All the Christmas elves very busy making the dog houses that will be filled this evening. It's probably (laughs) the most famous Friday on the year for people who are currently listening about to pull the ripcord just a little bit too hard this (laughs) evening and find themselves in an arctic zone for the next day or two. I actually like to go early. I went out last night. You know, I like to beat the rush. Get get home unnecessarily at three o'clock on a Thursday evening. Great idea that was, and there it was. Opened my presents a bit earlier. Doghouse, beautiful thing Mm. of beauty.
4: Or what about that thing uh, coming home a bit too well lubricated on the Christmas Eve and deciding that maybe you'll have a slice of that turkey before uh, or pork (laughs) to go for the Christmas dinner before Christmas Day? That is the worst of crimes.
6: What about, in our day, it used to be um, leaving your, your brother's initials in the cheesecake? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that you could claim that he, what have you done, Mitchie? There'd be all kinds of trouble. Now, I might need your help here, Seb, because I noticed in uh, in The Age yesterday, there was an article. Uh, Concerning a um, recent court case in the Victorian County Court where um, 20-year-old Keegan Daniels uh, was a CFA volunteer uh, firefighter who was um, convicted of lighting a couple of fires and then uh, fighting them uh, in Sylvain, just the east of Melbourne. And his defence was that, um, and Judge Peter Kidd actually referred to it, he said that he had a brain fart. Now, um, <laughs> Seb, can you help me with this? I educated my children. I said I'm out of touch with the with the, with the lingo. Oh, yeah.
1: Is that a brain fart? Uh, yeah, look, I think I think that's a bit more of an extreme activity than a simple brain fart. Okay. A brain fart might be sort of you know missing your train or leaving the keys at home. If you're intentionally lighting a few fires for the sake yes, of fighting them.
6: He's spending fifteen months in a juvenile institution, so uh, he has learned his lesson. Now, the big story around town for those of us into hard rock is the very sad news that um, we, we had heard originally that Soundwave was going to cancel after the uh, January Soundwave in 2016 and not continue in 2017. Well, yesterday it was announced, as no real surprise, that the Soundwave event has been cancelled due to poor ticket sales, which is really disappointing. Um, I don't think the lineup was very strong. I know I saw on the Triple M website that AJ, that AJ AJ was in fact uh, clowned. Mm. Um, The only thing I will say is it's not a comment on the hard rock scene. Only last night we had um, the Amity Affliction a day to remember they were in celebrating a birthday at the Jerry Soul Night. And the scene is alive and well. And uh, I can, I'm not going to go into details, but I can assure the hard rock fans of Melbourne and Australia that Soundwave will be back in some kind of a form. Don't worry, the hard rock festival that we've fallen in love with will be resurrected, but uh, very bad news about the proposed Soundwave 16 next year.
4: Like a phoenix from the ashes, it will rebirth. Oh. So, yeah, that's
6: a pity. It is indeed. Now, let's have a little bit of a talk about the weekend. Uh, oh, actually, let me talk about something that's coming up. It's, it's, the, um, uh, it's the fifth summer of the... Um, uh, Abbotsford Convent, I'm not sure if you've been out there. The uh, Shadow Electric um, cinema screenings, they do outdoor there. Uh, from January 2 until April 10. In total, there's 68 films uh, screening. And this time, they're having a bit of a concentration on documentaries on music. There's the, uh, I haven't seen it yet, there's a documentary on the English band Blur called New World Towers is one of the highlights. Also resurrecting some old classics, Martin Scorsese's film The Last Waltz from 78, about the last uh, uh, performance at San Francisco's Winterland from a Canadian band, The Band, also featuring Bob Dylan and Neil Young and an Dan am- Morrison.
4: An amazing documentary it is the indeed last waltz
6: so at Abbotson's convent that's that's a highlight it's a it's in mm. fact the fifth year for shadow electric so maybe be a part of that if you're a uh, film fan of course famously scorsese's true story took one year to release that film because he had to blot out a rock of substance in Neil Young's left nostril <laughs> that was featuring rather predominantly. I think well, I think I think the Titanic bumped into it. Yeah, we'll take
4: uh, we'll take it out in post, Neil. Now, of course, uh, Seb's a massive Blur fan, so he'll be out of the Abbotsford Convent seeing that uh, documentary
6: on Blur. Mm. It is it's this a week. Band. This weekend may end up being a Blur for all of us. But let's have a look at some of the highlights. Is there
1: anyone? I mean, where did you fall though back in the day, James, with the Blur Oasis standoff?
6: Oh, I chose not to. I've always been a bit of a fence sitter. Yeah. I was quite happy. I saw Blur at uh, at Splendor in the Grass this year and went with relatively low expectations. They were absolutely fantastic. Just it's funny how you see a band, you don't realize how many songs are in your how head. How many yeah, songs? Are you t- serious that I know all these songs and all the words? Uh, they were absolutely brilliant, mm. and uh, but I do always enjoy a good interview with um with uh, uh Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher lo- oh, loves a yeah. quote. Loves he was he's not happy with uh, Adele at the moment. No
4: called her music Nana music. He goes, <laughs> I don't effing get it. Yes, she's that's... effing boring.
6: Well, famously, <laughs> uh, he offered to buy the Cherry Bar. Did you know that? Really? But that's how we tell the story. What he actually said when we tried to kick him <laughs> out was, I'll buy this effing place. <laughs> right. just, I can put a spin on that. He's offered to buy I always it. recommend
4: people go g- Google and look at uh, Noel's top 50 insults. They are brilliant.
6: Now, uh, here we are in Melbourne, Friday the 18th of December. Glenn Shorick and Brian Catt at Palms at Crown. Finally! I, d- I do love my LRB, I must yep. admit. Happy anniversary, Who baby. Doesn't. Drunk Mums are playing their Christmas show at the Ding Dong Lounge. Good. Um, uh, Kias are celebrating, or the Kias the band, it's the 20th anniversary of, of their And the Circus Leaves town record. It's being celebrated by My Left Boot and the High Times at a little bar called Cherry. On Saturday night, uh, Even, who always do their Christmas Even shows, are playing with Sun God Replica at the Evelyn Hotel. Fraser A. Gorman, uh, he's at the church of Bang Bang Boogaloo in Little Lonsdale Street. <laughs> the Tarantinos are a fantastic band who play songs from the various Tarantino movies. Right. Very popular. They're at Suki Lounge in Belgrave. Uh, great um, hard rock band. The King Parrot are at uh, Ding Dong. And uh, at Yaya's, it's Massive Rock and Roll 3 featuring the band Massive and 10 other bands, including 10,000, Tequila Mockingbird, Lockhart's from Sydney, uh, She-Wolf. And if you happen to be a fan of The Runaways... Uh, At Cherry, the band called Cherry Bomb is doing a one off performance honoring the history of Joan Jett and that band, uh, The Runaways, which is a bit of fun. And I'll just go forward to Christmas Eve on Wednesday, Seb, if you don't mind, uh, at the Gasometer in Collingwood, the Carol Kings which is a band made up of great Melbourne musicians, Tim Rogers, Davey Lane, uh, uh, Phil G and Frodo is involved, and uh, they're doing Christmas songs on Christmas Eve as the Carol Kings. So plenty to like in and around Melbourne at this festive time of year.
1: Magnificent, mate. Will you enjoy it? Have a good Christmas. I certainly
6: shall. Have a cool Yule, Seb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In a bit of breaking news, Lawrence Mooney. Job Watson will captain the Essendon Football Club for a seventh consecutive season.
4: And uh, we stand and applaud him. A, uh, a great guy, a fantastic player, and very humble ornament of the game.
1: Well done, Job. So we'll keep you abreast of that. John Warsfold in about quarter of an hour will formally announce the leadership group for the Bombers in 2016. We've also followed up with Nelly, who was abused by a taxi driver and as she travelled in an Uber and spat on mm. around the Melbourne Museum on Wednesday night. Sarah Fayor, our exceptional producer, has tuned in to Silvertop Taxis. They haven't got anything to say just yet, but we'll get to the bottom of that. And we've also put a call into to Graeme Samuel, the Taxi Services Commissioner, so he will no doubt look into that with the video so clearly identifying the taxi driver who spat on her.
4: And a very exciting week next week, we get uh, a special co-host for an hour on Monday. Tell me more. His name is Shane Warney.
1: How good is that?
4: Yeah, Warney's in here. Uh, I don't know whether you ever heard of him. He played a bit for Australia. Uh, And uh, we're going to share his genius and fun on Monday morning.
1: That's awesome. Good on Warnie for coming in and yeah. having a chat to the Triple M audience. That'll be fantastic. We can ask him all about the Jamie
4: Cooper painting that we discussed this morning. Absolutely. Get
1: to the bottom of that. That'll be great. <laughs> Shane Warne on the program as a special co-host come Monday. So I will see you Monday. I'll see you Monday. Stay cool. From St